Hallelujah. He's speaking redemption, victory, increase, righteousness, enlargement, favor in the name of Jesus. Last week we started talking about breaking your fallow ground and I want to conclude it today. Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 1 to 2 or verse 1 to 3 was our, our text to begin with. And I'd like to read it again this morning. But I'll just read verse 3, Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 3. For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and do not sow among thorns. The same scripture is repeated in Hosea chapter 10 verse 12. It says, Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the law till it comes and rains righteousness on you. Hallelujah. So we believe for us individually and corporately as a people and as a nation, it's time to break our fallow ground and it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness. And then we, we define what a fallow ground is. And we said it can refer to a land that is already plowed and cleared, but it is not seeded or planted for a season or for some reason. It's also an uncultivated land or ground. It's an undeveloped or new ground. It's also an inactive land or ground. And last week we that basically with the, the fallow ground of our hearts. When our heart is not producing the harvest of righteousness and the harvest of the kingdom giving us an hundredfold of the word of God that is planted. We, we, we saw that the heart is the center the center of everything. It determines the cause of our lives. That's why the Bible says we should keep our hearts with all efforts, all diligence, for from it we go for the wellspring of life. It determines the cause of life. And we look at the parable of the sewer as a, a, a basic uh, insight, a basic insight to understanding how our hearts operate now the word of God can produce. The word of God is the seed that we sow in our heart and our heart is the ground and we saw that if we lack understanding of the word of God that is being preached or that we read we will not reach full productivity because the scripture says the, the enemy will render it you know, unproductive because uh, we, it's like we lack understanding. Because what we do not understand, uh, we cannot flow in, we cannot utilize. Uh, and the solution to breaking that dimension of fallow ground is to pray for understanding and study for understanding and rely on the Holy Spirit and let Him help us to understand uh, the scripture. 
we also saw that um, shallowness, when there's lack of roots, when we're not rooted, when the word of God is not rooted, when it's just planted on a shallow ground, um, it becomes unproductive. For a while, things seem to be doing well, but when persecution, when affliction come, because of the word of God, we become offended, and the word of God becomes unproductive. And we saw that to break that fallow ground, we must become rooted through meditation and prayer. Uh, you know, in God, we must give ourselves to the word of God and uh, meditate until we see it producing in our lives. We'll be like the Burian Christians that go back and go back until we see uh, productivity of that word in our lives. And uh, Philippians 4, 8 was a, a, a close, uh, was a scripture we look at that talk about whatever things are, are just, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And the only thing that will fulfill all that condition is the word of God. And the fourth one we saw was distractions. Distractions can make the ground of our hearts to be unproductive, uncultivated, uh, such as the sinfulness of riches, desire for other things than the word of God, the cares of this world, uh, and to undo that, we need to learn to cast our care upon the Lord. Uh, we need to learn to cast our cares upon the, uh, upon the Lord and not live with cares. And not be deceived by riches because we know our God will prosper us. Amen. And if we seek the Lord and His, and his righteousness, His kingdom, all these things shall be added to us. We also saw that lack of patient application and consistent practice of the word of God can hinder the word of God from being productive. So the word of God bears fruit with patience. So we must give the time and the efforts and be patient until the word of God produces. We should keep the word of God in our hearts and we should not allow the word of God to sleep. We should give it and give attention to the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then as we apply the word of God and use it, we are going to see productivity of the word of God. The word of God that you do not practice, you cannot utilize it. Praise the name of Jesus. And we want to just continue and finish up that today. Today I want to look at other dimensions, uh, uh, you know, of the area of our lives, uh, you know, as our hearts become productive, it sets a pace for us to be productive in every area of our lives. So when we are also talking of the fallow ground, we are talking of the any area of our lives that is not producing. Any area of our life that we have become unproductive. That we are not producing the fullness of God's purpose in every in in, the, in that area, and I want us to open our Bibles to Isaiah fifty-four. 
Isaiah 54 and verse 1 to 3. It says, Sing, O barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman. Says the Lord, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spear, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Look at this scripture. The Lord is encouraging and speaking to us that in any area where we have been barren where our potentials have not been expressed it's time to begin to sing hallelujah it's time to begin to make proclamation of fruitfulness in that area of our life it's time to begin to see visions of more productivity that's why it says more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman and then he began to tell us to begin to make preparation for productivity and it says enlarge the place of your tent let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. that's preparation for productivity hallelujah that's breaking your fallow ground, your uncultivated ground. Talk about you lengthening your cords and strengthening your foundation, your stakes, and increasing your capacity. Hallelujah. It talks about you, you enlarging the place of your dwelling, begin to increase your capacity for productivity. Increase your capacity for productivity you see so um we still come back to this scripture but we'll see it refers to unproductive area of our lives that we need to break those fallow ground those places we have not cultivated you see it's 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 referring to areas of our life where we have not planted a seed that will bring harvest where we have not planted seed that will bring harvest the scripture talk about planting seed and not being willing planting seed Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. When you are seeding, when you are planting seed, in the unproductive area of your life, you are doing what is good. Amen. And for a season, you might not yet see fruitfulness, but it's saying we must not be weary while we are doing those good, where we are seeing, sowing those seeds. There's a due season when we will reap, when there will be productivity. Hallelujah. So, it's talking about 
areas of our lives where we have not sown seed, where we have not invested. Because a seed is an investment of now for a dividend in the future. A seed is an investment that you, 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 you do now for a dividend in the future. So you need to look at the areas of your life and say, what am I doing in this area? Am I productive in my marriage, in my career? Am I productive, you know, in, in, in my, if, if you are into speaking, am I productive in speaking? If you are into writing, am I productive? What are the things that, that I need to put in to reach full productivity? So uh, uh, it, it refers to where we have not invested. But it also refers to uh, areas of uncompleted sacrifice. Areas of uncompleted sacrifice. That is to say, uh, the aspects of your life where you you started to sacrifice, you started to sow, you start to invest. And for one reason or the other, you did not finish it to the end, to the point of productivity. To the point that the dividends are coming. You stop halfway. Okay? So that, that's an area of uncompleted sacrifice. Sometimes we, we come up and say, now nah, I want to I want to start spending time with God. I want to start one hour every day. And for a couple of days, things are running fine. Or a couple of weeks. Uh, but when more pressure comes in or something, you leave it. And so, you didn't reach the fullness of what should have been produced. By that, you need to break that fallow ground. That's an area of uncompleted sacrifice. You start, but you do not finish. God encourages finishing. Somebody hearing me? God does what he encourages finish. He wants us to finish what we have started. We see in, in, in the uh, parable that Jesus spoke about in Luke chapter 14, verse 28. He says, For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost? Whether he has enough to finish it, less after he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who sees it begin to mock him. So therefore, God expects a finishing. A finishing of the sacrifice that you begin. A finishing of what you, you are led and propelled to begin before you can see the harvest. A great example in the scripture of a man that plants seed and breaks his fellow ground is Isaac. God gave a promise. Many of us will stop at the promise level. God gave a promise concerning Isaac and pronounced blessing to him. After he gave instruction, he told him to stay in the land. Genesis 26 verse 2. It says, Then the Lord appeared to him, that's to Isaac, he was considering leaving the land of Gerah and probably going to Egypt. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Now, yes, it is, it is true that we look for what has been somebody who has done something before. But not all the time we God lead you to do what somebody has done before. Are you listening to me? There are times that God will want you to pioneer something new. 
Even if you have not seen it before, you need to lean on God. You know, why will he be considering going to Egypt? Because that's what, where his father went when there was a famine. And so for God to intercept him in his thoughts, he was already thinking of doing what his father did. Because when his father came out of Egypt, he came with even gold, but also with eager. Somebody hear me? And probably he was already thinking, wow, it's time for me to go. And God is saying, you don't have to follow that. That is not the order for you. There are times that when things are happening, we just rush to do what everybody is doing. Or what we've seen somebody has done. Yes, many times it's my work. But then there are times that God is saying, it is time to do something new. That's why the voice of God is your highest instruction. And is your highest direction. Because God may not lead you the same way he has led someone. So the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in this land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land and I will be with you and I will bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands. I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandment, my statutes, and my laws. Hallelujah. So that, that was a promise. That was a promise from God. God told him, stay in this land. I will bless you. I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to fulfill my covenant that I already gave to Abraham. And things are going to happen in your favor. That was a fantastic pro promise. But many believers, we, we stay at this point. We don't follow process of divinely motivated actions. That will bring to birth what God has said. Now, in, in all these things that God has said, God did not tell him, you need to plant seed, you need to do this. God expects him to think and use his brain. God does not ask us to throw away our brain when we get born again. Rather, it gives us a sanctified imagination. It wants our, our, our brain to be sanctified, to think right. Because if we never need it, God wouldn't have created it. We just have been spirits only. But he gave us the body. And part of the things in the body is the brain. Which is also connected. That's why we have the soul. Which has both the physical and the spiritual dimension. Hallelujah. So it was in that land. There was the word of the Lord. But he needs to break his fallow ground. Hallelujah. Abraham broke his own fallow ground and the Lord blessed Abraham in all things. He needs to walk his own walk with God. Like someone said, no matter how tall your father is, you need to grow your own height. 
Hallelujah. Then in verse 12, the Bible says, Then Isaac sold in that land. He needs to break the fallow ground. He needs to cultivate the land. Hallelujah. And read in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Didn't God say we bless him? But he never realized the blessing until he sold. Somebody hear me? I pray that you will begin to walk in Holy Ghost generated action. That we bad supernatural productivity and fulfillment of the prophetic word of God over your life in the name of Jesus. The Lord has said, I will bless you. I will is a promissory note. I will do it. While he obeyed and stayed in that land, he needs to cultivate the land. He needs to break the fallow ground. And while everybody was holding their seed, he decided to sacrifice the seed. Hallelujah. He decided to plant his seed. And when he did that, the promissory notes became fulfilled. The Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continue prospering until he became very prosperous. So prosperity is a process. The Bible says, for he had possession of flocks and possession of arts and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. How do you know? How did he get a lot of servants and a lot of, uh, and a lot of flocks? Because if it's referring to the flocks he had, that Abraham probably gave him, it will not have served for he had. It will be something that followed an action. Remember, Abraham gave gifts to all the children of the concubines. And the Bible says he gave all that he has to Isaac. What he gave to Isaac is not just physical stuff. He gave him the covenant. He gave him the access to God, understanding the, the way God works. Hallelujah. That's all he has. That's what produced what Abraham worked in. And that's why he initiated Isaac into. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so that's why Isaac will hear the voice of God. Uh, and the children of the concubine will not hear. Are you listening to me? Praise God. So we saw Isaac broke the, the fallow ground. He cultivated the ground. Uh, and blessing began to flow he had possession of flocks so the Philistines were bringing their flocks to get some crops some of the enemy I mean he, he got hundredfold returns in the midst of the farming guess what the whole Philistines will be banging at his door to buy food and they are bringing their flocks that's why they were hungry at the end of the day. He collected all their flocks. Hallelujah. Those who don't have flocks, they gave servants. He collected everything. And the man became very prosperous. And the Bible says, the Philistines envied him. And you will see, 
Isaac, the stop there. He kept on breaking fallow ground and cultivating the uncultivated land. He kept opening wells that were shut down by Philistines out of envy. He continued to sacrifice and completed his sacrifice. Even the Philistines couldn't stop him. In Genesis 26 verse 18, the Bible says, and Isaac dug again wells of water. Somebody say activity. <laughs> Holy Ghost generated activity. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of his father. There are Philistines all around that because of envy they will stop something that is a blessing to them. He called them by the names which his father has called them. He knew how to walk in the steps of his father. This man was able to balance things. Hallelujah. You know why I say he was able to balance things? Yes, he listened to God when God said, don't follow your father in this area of going to Egypt. But then he didn't say, well, that means God is discarding my father. Mm-mm. That's one thing some young people need to know. As a Joshua generation. But a Joshua, but a Joshua generation is the Lord that Moses' generation wrote. God will need the young and the old to work together. Is somebody hearing me? God said, This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. You meditate in it day and night. You prosper. You do that. But who wrote the law? Moses. Hallelujah. So why God said you don't go to Egypt. He started to open the wells and he didn't name them by his own names. He named them the name that his father gave them. Is somebody hearing me? That's that the man is very balanced. And the scripture says he called them by the name which his father had called them also them. Also Isaac's servant dog in the valley and found a well of running water there. But the herdsmen of Gera quarrel with Isaac herdsmen. Until you, you name the well, the name your fathers name them, you will not discover your own wells. Somebody hearing me? He still discovered his own wells. Are you listening to me? But when he opened those wells, he didn't say now, the, the era of that is gone, I gave them my names. Uh, uh, the, the scripture says he gave them the name that his fathers gave them but they dug in the valley and found the well this one is not the one that his father did this is the one that he did are you listening to me so he found a well of running water there but the herdsmen of Gera quarreled with Isaac herdsmen saying the water is ours so he called the name of the well Esek because they quarreled with him. Then they dug another well. The other one he opened, now he's digging new wells. Are you listening to me? You must know the well to reopen and the well to dig. You walk hand in hand. You must start reopening wells and the Lord will re, you know, 
stir you up to dig your own wells. Somebody hearing me? Then they dug another well and they quarrel over that one also. So he called his name Sitna. And he moved from there and dug another well. Somebody say another. This man was, he kept breaking. Stop fighting over, you know, the quarrel and the struggles that the enemy bring your door. God will give you something new. Hallelujah. So he called his name Sidna and he moved from there and dug another way. And they did not quarrel. You will outlast your enemy. <laughs> Love will always outlast envy and strife. Love is the most powerful weapon. He kept digging, he fights them. He kept digging the well. And then he dug a well and they did not quarrel because they saw there's a grace on the inside that kept producing. So he called his name Rehoboth because he said, For now, at this season, the Lord has made room for us. Somebody say enlargement. We saw it in Isaiah 54 make more room. The Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. To get to the place of abundant fruitfulness, we need to keep sowing, sacrificing, cultivating the uncultivated ground in our lives. We need to develop the areas of our life that is not developed. We need to develop them. There may be talents and potentials, giftings, even your marriage, your career, there are things that God wants to accomplish through them. But it will not be accomplished until those areas are fully developed. Potentials are great because you will never become anything without a potential. But potential that is not actualized cannot be a blessing to others. Potentials that is not actualized cannot be a blessing to others. Potentials are what you could be, what you could achieve, what you could become. They are the seed of your future. They are the things that God has put inside of you. Nigeria is a nation of great potential. But I pray my lifetime it will become a nation of not just potential but a nation of productivity and that's why we identify with what is going on the outside and uh, we're praying that it will be piloted where and not hijacked praying that it will reach a conclusive end and not end in bloodbath in the name of Jesus so that's why it's good as we are acting we are also praying and listening and hearing the Holy Spirit We're hearing the Holy Spirit we're not just running at the scatter we're hearing the Holy Spirit hallelujah so you need to develop the undeveloped areas of your life as Jephthah who had potential to be a great warrior but circumstances push him out and he utilized the circumstances 
and invested in himself and in others and developed that potential and he became a winning warrior. The story of Jephthah is in Judges 11. Verse 1 to 11. The Bible will always start with what you can be. No matter your pressure and the, and, 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 and the problem. He said, now Jephthah the Gileadite was what? A mighty man of valor. But he was the son of a harlot. That's the circumstances. And Gilead begat Jephthah. Gilead's wife bore sons. And when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, You shall have no inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. So they sent him out. Now, don't punish people for the offense they didn't commit. It wasn't his fault. He came out of wedlock, but it was not the fault of the child. And, and you may be hearing me and you were born out of wedlock. It does not determine your destination. What you cannot change will not be the determinant factor. What you can change is what will determine what you become. Somebody hearing me? He couldn't change being the son of a harlot. But in spite of that, and in spite of the fact that his brothers put him out, he did not fight his brothers. Don't fight your brothers. Hallelujah. He did not fight his brothers. He fled from his brothers. He could fight. If this man became what he became, that means he has some capacity to fight. Is that not so? But you don't fight your brothers. They may antagonize you like they did for Joseph. They have not seen what you could become. They have not seen that you could be a blessing to them. So you don't fight them. He left. He fled from his brothers and dwelt in the land of Tob. And the Bible says worthless men banded together with Jephthah. These are rogues and these are like the, the kind of people that came to David in the cave of Adullam. People who, who are in trouble, in distress. Society can them worthless. It's not what the society call you that you must call yourself. They may call you worthless. But God says you are worthy. He has counted you to be worthy. Hallelujah. So they banded together with Jephthah and went out raiding with him. So they went out because in those days it was Lega. They could raid about in battles and whatever they, you know. So in other words, they were fighting and taking over territories and taking sheep and all that. That's what they were doing. Because at then, the rules allow it. Rules change by seasons. Praise God. So, but for him to do that means he developed the leadership ability. Number one, he was able to lead those guys. Number two, he developed his fighting ability. Hallelujah. <laughs> it could be a talk, but ugly has his own side. 
He could fight. And so the guys came and he developed them. He developed that fighting ability to become productive. You know, there are people who fight on the streets, but there are people who fight in the rings. Those who fight in the rings, they've developed their ability and they get paid for fighting. Those who fight on the street, their head is broken and jailed when they are caught. <laughs> Did you get it? The same fighting. Somebody cannot punch and the person will fall down, but somebody will, will hit that in the ring and he will get paid millions for hitting somebody down. That's why as you develop your potentials, you must pilot it in the right direction. You must Before it can become productive, it must be piloted and targeted in the right direction. And that's why we declare that these struggles of the youth will not be in vain. It will be piloted in the right direction. And it will not be hijacked by the enemy. So, and then, so the scripture says at the time there was war. The Bible says, and it came to pass after a time, that means it took a season. We don't know how many years it took that the people of Ammon, his hometown, made war against Israel. I mean, the Ammon made war against the people of Israel. And so it was when the people of Ammon made war against Israel that the elders of Gilead, his hometown, went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. They went to look for him. It's because they have been hearing what he has been doing. He was a thug, but his thugly was directed in the right direction. He was raising warriors. And so he was ready for the time of leadership to fight. Because different leaders, apart from the leading capability, they need different uh, talents for the season. Are you listening to me? So for this season, they need somebody with a fighting talent also that's developed his fighting and so Jephthah was there but he also had the ability to lead and they said come and be our commander that means that become tactical in his fighting his plannings and everything was fantastic so they said come and be our commander that we may sleep no but that we may fight against the people of Ammon so, Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, Did you not hate me and expel me from my father's house? Why have you come to me now when you are in distress? Those who have rejected you will look at you. So keep developing the undeveloped areas of your life. Keep cultivating the land. Because if you don't, they will not seek you out. Keep doing something about your life. Hallelujah. And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, That is why we have turned again to you now. Hallelujah. They will turn to you. Those who have rejected Nigeria will turn to Nigeria. They will turn to you now. That you may go with us and fight against the people of Ammon. And be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. So Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, you take me back home to fight against the people of Ammon and the Lord delivers them to me shall I be your head and the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah 
the Lord will be a witness between us if we do not do according to your words. Hallelujah. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead and the people made him head and commander over them. And just Jephthah spoke all these words before the Lord in Mizpah. Though despite the situation, Jephthah has a relationship with God. He did not fight his brothers, but he developed his talents. Hallelujah. So, begin to look at the areas of your life where you need to develop things, your potentials, your talents, your giftings, your career. Go beyond the average. Don't be an average person. There are too many average. Become outstanding. Begin to develop those areas, those inactive areas of your life. And I have this, but it's not active. Begin to, 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 to make it active. Begin to take the right actions. Areas where you have remained indecisive. But you know the potentials are there. Begin to develop it. Begin to sow there. Areas where you have not been activated. Where you, have, you are underdeveloped. Uh, because people will not pay for average. They will pay for excellence. So therefore, break your fallow ground. Jephthah did something about that talent and that potential. And when they needed him, they look out for him. Hallelujah. Why must you break your fallow ground? Number one, God is not a waster. If he has given you talent, opportunities, then he wants you to develop it. He does not want you to be a waste. He's not a waster. So he doesn't want you to waste. He, want, he doesn't want you to be a waste or waste those potentials and, and those talents and those giftings that God has given to you. I do I know God is not a waster? Even when he multiplied bread and there were 12 baskets, what did he tell them? They should gather it. John chapter 6 verse 12. It says, now go back and gather out the pieces left over so that nothing will be wasted. You will not be wasted. Your potentials will not be wasted. In the name of Jesus, the ground of your life will not be overgrown with weeds. The Lord will reap fruit from it. Humanity will reap fruit from it. In the name of Jesus. You see, God gives everybody potentials, talents. What we do with them is up to us. And it's only what we do with them that will determine the benefit that humanity will get out of it. Today, everyone is utilizing some social media stuff. True or false? Old friends are connecting. Somebody is tweeting and he gets into many people all over the world. But that was a potential some years back. That was something in the heart of someone. And because that person, the people developed it. Today, it is a blessing to humanity. True of us. Blessing to nations. Blessing to corporations. Hallelujah. I mean, imagine you can you can go world life. There's only few people who can do that who have money to buy here time on the TVs and uh, only exclusive few. Uh, few people can do it. But today, anyone? True of us? Because a potential was developed. 
Don't let your potential die with you. Humanity must benefit from it. Hallelujah. So he doesn't want it to be a waste. Why does God want us to break our fallow ground, cultivate the uncultivated ground? Because God is interested in the productivity and profitability of the whole man. God is interested in productivity and profitability of the whole man. He wants us to be productive spirit, soul, and body. In Isaiah chapter 48, verse 17, the Bible says, Thou says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit. Some translation says, Who teaches you what is good for you? Who teaches you to profit? Who leads you by the way you should go? God wants profit. God wants profitability, productivity. Hallelujah. And we can see it in many parables that Jesus gave. One of them is the parable of the talent. In Matthew chapter 25 verse 14 to 19, a man was traveling and he, he took money, his talents, and gave it to all his servants. From verse 14 it says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Potentials, gifting, talents, ability, spiritual gifting, natural giftings and potentials. He gave it to them. And to one he gave five talents. To another two and to another one. To each according to his own ability. Because God knows ahead what they will be able to do. And immediately went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them. And made another five talents. And likewise he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground. And hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and said to accounts with them. God is going to set to accounts with us. He's going to set to accounts. He's given talents, potentials, opportunities. So the Bible says the one with five talents traded. God is not against commerciality. He's not against being, being commercial, being able to, 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 to increase what you have by trading. In any form. Are you listening to me? Maybe you sing nicely to your husband. But that same singing can become commercialized. Somebody hearing me? You can write something. Some people say, wow, I love the way you write to me. But that same thing, they can pay millions of money. Dollars of naira for it. If you would develop it. Hallelujah. There's no talent that is useless. You just need to locate the right target, the right market for it. You don't sell, you don't sell food to people who are buying weapons. You locate the right target. That's why Jephthah located the right target of his talent. They, they have people who are rogues and thugs. Those are the people that he could reach. 
So locate your, locate your focus, locate the people you're sent to. Without locating them, you will never achieve full productivity. Hallelujah. So these guys traded the one with five, traded and got five more. The one with two traded and got two more. But then, the one with one, he went and hid the money. Because he, he thought, why would my master give me only one? That means actually, the master's, the master, you know, understanding of him was justified by his action. And the scripture says uh, in a uh, uh, verse, uh, let's read on. So the Bible says in verse 20, so he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents beside it. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. So faithfulness is beyond loyalty. Faithfulness is also productivity. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you have delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Now, he didn't say, this one, you have five, you have many, many. No, he said many things for both of them. The one who have one could have gotten one and will get the same commendation from the master. God will not call you to account on what you have, he has not given to you. He will only call you to account on what he has given to you, both spiritual, physical, mental. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you. I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. That will not be our hand. We're not going to return to God only what he has given to us. When Jesus came to the world, he did not return empty. The word of God itself is profitable. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth it shall not return to me void we will not return to God void it shall accomplish what I have sent it to do and prosper in what I have sent it to do so also God expects his word to produce and when his word the living word came to the heart he returned but not void he returned with you and me. He returned with generations of the people. When he was going, he had only 12 that he could commit the things into. He gave it to them, but he has, he has spent time enough with them, trusted his gifting in them to produce. Hallelujah! On the day of Pentecost, when 20 people were there, some of who have followed him also joined. 500 who saw him when he was he rose from the dead. We're not there, but 120 was there. But the 120 grew. And we have 3,000. And we have 5,000. And then today, we have multitudes. Can somebody shout hallelujah? 
So when Jesus, the word of God returned, he did not return void. He returned profitable. You will return profitable. But Jesus broke the fallow ground. He brought a new dimension of teaching. They said he did not teach like the Pharisees. He taught as one that had authority. He broke that fallow ground. In Luke chapter 4, when he was on the temple, they read a book. He said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He broke that fallow ground. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, the man gave back what he has. He has been given. And the Lord answered and said to him, verse 26, You wicked and lazy servant. So to be unproductive is to be wicked. Not to utilize what God has given to you and develop it. God consider it to be wickedness. You wicked and lazy servant is slothfulness. You knew that Eripia have not sown and gathered we have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has talents. Who has ten talents. Hallelujah. So look at this guy. God said, at least, at least, you would have deposited it with the bankers and got some interest. So God is expecting interest. Somebody hearing me? God is a shrewd businessman. He's a shrewd businessman, but compassionate and merciful. He expects profitability. So with everything he has given to you and I, he expects profitability. You don't need to hire somebody who has five talents. You focus on the ones that God has given to you. Develop it, activate it. And the law of productivity is to everyone who has more will be given and we have abundance but from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away what is that law what you refuse to invest will depreciate and what you do not use you will lose what you refuse to invest will depreciate and what you do not use you will lose and he that uses what he has, we have more. He that uses what he has, we have more. So instead of hiring somebody that has ten, why does he? He seems to have so much. What do I have that I need to develop? That can be a benefit to others. Why is it that people don't break the fallow ground? And they die uncultivated. They die with large potentials, never developed, never activated, never cultivated. Number one is fear of failure and mistakes. People are afraid to plant seed and invest in their life and take right actions because they are afraid of failing and they are afraid of making mistakes. It would rather be good for you to make mistakes and not never and, and not even try at all. 
People are afraid they want to do everything perfect, even the gift of the Spirit. I remember years back, a brother, he's a friend, very good friend of mine now. You know, I was gifted, I used to do a lot of prophesying in, in, in meetings, in, in prayer meetings. Uh, God, God bless me with that. So, and one day he woke up to me after the, the, the prayer meeting. He said, I see that you prophesy. How do you prophesy? Hello? So how do you prophesy? Because I think I may I have that gift too. But I don't know how to begin. That's a good question. And I told him what exactly he needs to do. He said, my problem is, I just have only like one word. So I don't, I don't prophesy because I felt one word is useless. I said, yes. When you speak one word, the Lord will give you another. The Bible says, open your mouth and I'll say, I don't know. And he started prophesying. Amen. He started developing that. He saw a gift. He walked up and said, I think I have that gift too. But I don't know how to begin. Fear of mistakes will kill many people from doing anything. But the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, God has not given us what? The spirit of fear, but of power, of a sound mind, and of love. The second kind of fear that keeps people down is fear of the opinion of people. What will people say if I fail? What will people say if I don't do it the way they are doing it? They will ridicule me. That's why I said, God may lead you to do what they have not done before. You must conquer the fear of the opinion of men because men's opinion will change. When some of the inventions we are enjoying today, when the guys were doing it, they told them you are wasting your time. It will never work. Nobody has done it. No, you don't waste your time. Go on. You know, just go and be planting cotton and make some money out of it. You are doing all this nonsense experiment here. Yeah, it's never going to work. But when it works, everybody will turn to them. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, people's opinion are not static. So don't let their what is not static makes you to be static. People's opinion. When, when, when Paul, when, when the, 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 the serpent came and hung himself over the hand of Paul, they said, ah, this man is a criminal. He's a serious criminal. Even though God has compassion on him and didn't allow him to die, justice has caught up with him. But when he threw it into the fire and he suffered no harm, they said, ah, so why will you allow such opinion to determine your direction and your destination the bible says in Isaiah 2 verse 22 from KJV cease ye from man whose breath is in his nostrils for where is it to be accounted for don't put your trust don't fear the man whose breath is in his nostrils Psalm 118 verse 6 says the Lord is on my side I will not fear what can man do to me. The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. Hallelujah. Don't allow the opinion of the haters to hinder you from going forward. Somebody hearing me? Don't allow the opinion of the people to stop you. If you fail, fine. 
But what of if you succeed? Don't be afraid of man. There's also the fear of pressure, opposition, and difficulty. There's a fear of pressure, opposition, and difficulty. All oh, this is going to be difficult. Nobody's done it. I'm in a nation where things are not appreciated. I don't have the finance to do it. Somehow I love to start no matter what. I don't like to always say I don't have. There's a way to start from where you are. Somebody hearing me? Hello? There is a way. Somebody says, I don't have money. I can't go to school. Go to school anyway. Find somebody somewhere. Stay by one side and hear what they are teaching in one classroom. And somehow one teacher will come out and say, what are you doing there? I'm trying to hear. Than sitting in your home and doing nothing. It's possible somebody will say, ah, and you came all this way to just sit here. If you come over, we'll help you. Something will happen. Start doing something. If you don't start a journey, you will never reach your destination. Well, I don't have what it takes. God will help you to, take, to start somehow. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 28, In nothing be terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but of you of salvation and that of God. So don't allow opposition and pressure and difficulties to stop you. Let them become instruments to toughen you. To go forward and do something. Number four, wrong attitude to work, laziness and slothfulness, which which is which is seen by procrastination. You just have to change that kind of attitude. Being slothful. That's what happened to that servant. He just gave excuses. A slothful man. If you have given him five, he will still say somebody has ten, because you know what. No matter how big you are, somebody will always be bigger. And somebody will not have up to what you have. So, don't look at people as your reference point. Let God and your potentials become your reference point. Hallelujah. Number five is Inability to take responsibility for our life and actions. Inability to take responsibility for our life and actions. I call it, I have no man syndrome. I have no man. I'm not born into this family. That's why I'm failing. I have no one to send me to school. I have no one to do this. You see, that's a very dangerous syndrome. You remember in John chapter 5? There was this man, the Bible says in verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time. Wow. He said to him, do you want to be made well? The man has been there for about 38 years, I think. In that condition. And see, what was the question? What was the question? Do you want to be made well? What should be the answer? Yes or no, I want to be made well. Oh, I like the condition I have made. The man, the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man. This is the reason why he has stayed in that condition for that long. I have no man to put me into the pool. When the water is stirred up, 
But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Thank God for the mercy of God. Jesus said to me, rise, take up your bed and walk. The man said, I have no man for 38 years. And I used to think that if this man has been rolling every little inch a day for 38 years, he will be at the side of the pool. And let him stay at the side of the pool. So that he doesn't need anybody, just roll himself into the pool. But for 38 years, I have no man. I have no man. I have no man. That's a syndrome that you must conquer. I have no man. My parents are irresponsible. I have no man in my family. Do something about your life. Produce it. There have been people who have no man and they have been able to do something. Develop it. Hallelujah. Number six, maintenance mentality instead of pioneering mentality. God may want you to do something new, something new. But you are just, you just prefer to maintain the status quo. You're not willing to ruffle the feathers. You're not ready to leave your comfort zone. You will need to leave your comfort zone to break your fallow ground. You may be discomforted temporarily to break new ground. Somebody hearing me? Temporarily. You may be discomforted. You may need to suspend your lunch or something or and save the money up for something else. You may need to do something about it. Hallelujah. Maintenance mentality. Only those who break new ground bring blessing to the world. So, don't let maintenance mentality stop you. What everybody do, did in the days of Isaac was to save their crops. For he had the word of the Lord and leadership of the Spirit. He planted. He discomforted himself. And then he broke the new ground. Number seven, discouragement and despair. I thought that sometimes back. Deal with it with the word of God. Get out of discouragement. Get out of despair. Break your fallow ground. What are some few tips to help you break your fallow ground? Number one, get new and fresh vision of what is possible. Inspire yourself with vision and revelation of what is possible. The scripture says where there is no revelation, the people will they cast off restraint. So in other words, vision sometimes is just to inspire you. Ask God for fresh inspiration. To revive and revitalize you. The Bible says in Job chapter 32 verse 8. But there is a spirit in man and the breath of the almighty gives him understanding. Number three. Read about men and women. Who have broken new ground. Who have cultivated that ground we are trying to cultivate. There is somebody somewhere. Who has done something about it. If you don't see you see men in the scripture. Men, despite odds that were against them, they broke the fallow ground. And you see the accounts of these men in the book of Hebrews 11. Hallelujah. Who by faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness. They did amazing things. Hallelujah. Develop a breakthrough mentality. 
a mentality that is not ready to take no for an answer. A mentality that is determined and is ready to persevere. If one road blocks, he looks for another road. He looks for another way. If he loses money in that business, he tries again. He doesn't say, well, that's the end. I will never do it again. A breakthrough mentality. A very good case is the case of Elisha. I won't have time to read it. Second Kings chapter 2 verse 108. This is where vision alone is not enough. Vision with action will bring productivity. And perseverance. It came to pass there was a time that God was going to take Elijah to heaven. Elijah has been a follower. It is the destiny of God for him to carry the anointing. To be the prophet in the place of Elijah. And uh, but it didn't come to him like Elijah just said, well boy, you have been a good old boy. I'm just going to pour these things. You have been a good old but You have been trying. Let me do something for you. He told him, I'm going to Bethel, the place of worship. Stay. Don't bother yourself. If it's some people, they would have said, at least, ah, thank God, this man of God is compassionate today. Father, thank you. I will rest. I will take the desired rest. There are times that desired rest might cost you big time. Because you might just lose something that is about to be dropped on the earth. Hallelujah. Stay here, please. The Lord has sent me to better. Elijah said, Better go. Elijah said, As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I'm not leaving you. I didn't come to say, I'm not here now. That's the reason why I'm following you. Hallelujah. So the Bible says they went together, and the sons of the prophets, they too have some potential. They've been learning how to be a prophet. Who was better? They came out to Elijah and said, So they have vision too. Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from, from over you today? They knew. You see, because in the realm of the spirit, things can be just hanging. And everybody who can walk in a frequency can locate it. But only those who are able to do something about it will get the productivity. Elijah told them, I know. You hold your peace. I'm doing something about it. I'm breaking the father ground. Hallelujah. <laughs> so he went with him to better. And then when he passed through better, Elijah, Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. Relax. I don't want to bother you today. You have been walking. Take break. The man said, As the Lord lives. And as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophet who are Jericho too came to Elijah and said, Do you know we are people of vision and revelation? Do you know the Lord will take your mask? We have been praying. We know God was going to do something. He said, I know. You hold your peace. I'm doing something about it. If you don't do something about your vision, it will not come to pass. Just like if Isaac never did something about his vision, about the blessing, he would not be productive. The Bible says when he saw this seed, the Lord blessed him. So they went on to Jericho. Then at Jericho, Elijah, Elijah said to him, Stay at least, for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. 
But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. So I want to tell you, went on. It may not be a good grammar, but went on. Hallelujah. Keep going. Hallelujah. Keep going. Keep going. So the Bible said the two of them went on. And the 50 men of the sons of the prophet went and stood, facing them at a distance. Distance people never get the job done. Only people are connected with the virtue flow to. Is somebody hearing me? There are many people when that woman with the issue of blood was also thinking, if I can touch, oh, I will try. Try, don't get the job done. Just get it. Just do it. Many people had it in mind, if I can touch the hem of his garment. But only one woman had it in mind and then went and touched. So don't just stay with what you have in mind. Go and do it. So they saw them at a distance. Something great is going to happen. Something great is going to happen. So the two of them went on. And these 50 men of the sons of the prophets stood facing them at a distance while two of them stood by the Jordan. Hey! Be amidst those two. Is somebody hearing me? Because everything will be concluded. Spiritual transaction will take place within these guys. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up and struck the water and it was divided this way and that. So that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. It's after this that Elijah said to Elisha, <laughs> you boy, you are ready. Ask what I may do for you before I'm taken away from you. Elisha knew one thing. Know your one thing. One thing that is needful. He didn't say, well, thank you very much. I've been waiting for this opportunity. All those people you have prophesied to, uh, give me their names. Eh? Uh, the people that have money there. So I can continue after you have left and they, they can be... no." What you cannot say in a word, you don't know what you need already. He didn't say, well, ah, let me begin to pray. What should I need? No! He's prepared. Hallelujah. <laughs> he just said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. That's what I need. So he said, ah! You have had a hard thing. There are some things that could have been cheaper better, easier. What is a hard one? But anyway, nevertheless, if you see me, if your focus is right, if you are not distracted, when I'm being taken, it will be yours. Hallelujah. So the scripture says then it happened, as they continued on and talked, they were still talking. We could have said, Father, Master, your phonetics has now refined you. I'm hearing you better now. Eh? And be distracted. I know Elijah will say things that will make him get distracted. Hallelujah. As they talked on, suddenly, 
the scripture says a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven and Elijah saw it you will see it Elijah saw it keep your focus right keep your focus on what is important and leave the distractions aside leave the, leave the good things but they are not the God things aside Leave the good things that are not the main thing aside. Elijah saw it. And for evidence of the father, he saw it. He said, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel. And it's us men. One man is the chariot of Israel. One man. The capacity Elijah carried was something else. He didn't say, My prophet, my prophet. My father. And he saw him no more. What you need to see, you will see. In the name of Jesus. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into pieces. I'm not going to live in the past again. Like Bartimaeus took that clothes and threw it aside. I'm not going to wear this old garment of poverty, this old garment of lack, this old garment of begging. It's my season of transformation. Our prophesy over Nigeria, Nigeria will take away that garment of begging. The time has come. The master is healing this nation. This nation will be restructured. It will be restored. It will be redirected. It will be refocused. In the name of Jesus. He tore them into pieces. He took up the mantle of Elijah. A new season. He took his future in his hand. Don't live in your past. Take your future in your hand. Come up either and I will show you things that which must be hereafter. Come and possess your future in the now. All that remain of his future or a piece of clothes. But he knew if he will work with it. He will produce there be productivity. He took it and he went and struck the same water. And he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And the water divided into two. Elijah anointing. Elijah's spirit, double portion of spirit has come upon him. Hallelujah. He's not going to wear his garment again. He's going to wear a new garment. A new mantle of authority. A new mantle of productivity. A new mantle of destiny. And all the Lucas, they came back and said, The spirit of Elijah now rests on Elijah. And they came and bowed to him. He became productive. He activated and activated of his, uh, part of his life. He cultivated his life. He acted when he needed to do. He persevered until the harvest and his crops came and the last miracle of Elijah became the first miracle of Elijah he started where Elijah finished and he went on and became mighty hallelujah even at his death his bone was still raising the dead 
He worked in the miraculous like never before. He broke his fallow ground. The sons of the prophets were looking. They were indecisive. And how do I know they were indecisive? Even though they knew something has transpired, they were still trying to live in the hood. Let's send some people to go and look for Elijah. Don't look for Elijah. He's gone. It's a new season. Your season is here. Nigeria's season is here. Our season is here. Our opportunity is here. It's time for productivity. It's time to smite the waters huh, with the mantle of the Holy Spirit and get them divided and walk through. It's time to break the fallow ground. A time of supernatural productivity, increase and enlightenment, fulfillment of destiny. Easier. It's time. Break your fallow ground. Stand on your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know the areas that God has been highlighting in your spirit as the word is going on that you need to cultivate. This is the time to make quality decisions. This is the time to begin to speak concerning those areas and begin to say, Lord, in this area I need to, I need to develop myself. I need to break my fallow ground in this area. In the name of Jesus, these are things that have been hindering me from cultivating the uncultivated area of my life, my talent, my potential, the opportunities that you have given to me. And in the name of Jesus, I'm making quality decision. And, I, and, I, and I'm breaking off right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's time to seek the Lord diligently until it rains righteousness, until it brings us into a season of supernatural productivity all around us in the name of Jesus thank you father thank you for your word today Lord I pray that you steer your people in the right direction to make quality decision to break the fallow ground the unproductive ground of their life in the mighty name of Jesus and if you are listening to me you have not accepted the gift of salvation that's the first follow ground you need you need a break Jesus came he gave the gift of salvation by dying on the cross and taking your sins your unproductivity upon himself and all you need to do is to receive him by faith and say Jesus come into my heart and become the Lord of my life I repent of my sins I receive you as my Lord and Savior and I confess you as the Lord and Savior of my life, I believe that you have been raised from the dead. And I believe I'm saved there. That's a great opportunity for you. Oh, glory to God. Father, we thank you. Let your word increase. Let your word increase. And let your word prevail. Let your word increase. And let your word prevail. Let your word increase. And let your word prevail. Let there be a celebration of productivity, a celebration of increase, because your people are breaking their fallow ground. They are cultivating the uncultivated parts of their life, starting from their heart into every part of their life in the name of Jesus.